right here live in Vancouver. I just got back from Whistler. It has snow. It's about a foot of snow. I had the greatest time, the World Hockey Association 50th anniversary celebration, of course. Uh, it was a press conference. You can hear it in my voice. What's really important is the hockey news and Sports Illustrated have helped this all come together along with those good people at the Fired Up Network. I got to tell you, I have one of my favorites, one of the favorites, forget my, one of the favorites in the NHL. I, I don't know whether to call him Mr. New York, New York. I don't know if to call him Mr. Hollywood. I think he could be a Chippendale dancer. This guy's everything. And we'll talk to him in a few seconds. Here's my uh, the producer, Jordan LaRoche. Hey, Gooch. I wish I had a body like Ron Duguay. <laughs> <laughs> How did that start to show up? Uh, Sounds uh, kind of weird. First line, but <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? How you I'm doing good, without, without me? Oh, absolute mess here. <laughs> oh, house is burned down. <laughs> uh, grass is overgrown. It's a mess. <laughs> Dog died. Hey, listen, what a great uh, opportunity. You saw some of the pictures. Obviously, we struggled a little bit with the internet there. We, You and I are solving that tomorrow. I'm excited about that. But unbelievable. The WHA, 50 years of greatness in hockey. And, of course, we'll talk to Ron Duguay a little bit about that. But most importantly, tonight... You know who it is? Um, I, I'm I'm fired up. Uh, the Leafs and the Rangers. All right. I mean, well, anytime yeah, my, no. my Rangers get a chance to beat the Leafs, I'm 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 happy. I'm a happy man. So. Well, I know that uh, Ronnie's going to be really happy to know you're a uh, Leafs fan. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, you know what I got to say. As soon as, Ron's going to fill us in about the uh, New York Rangers. I know it is your team, uh, but uh, the point situation, the two guys that are leading their teams respectively are not the guys that you would think of. Uh, obviously, Nylander from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs with 16 points, and your Adam Fox, the defenseman, leading it with 16 points. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah, he's, he's tied with Panarin for the lead as well, but I mean... This Rangers team is kind of done it by committee. Chris Kreider is tied for second in the league in goals as well. So a lot of guys are kind of inputting to this kind of well-oiled machine that's, that's playing some pretty good hockey right now. Four and one in their last five as well. Well, we're going to talk to the expert, uh, a guy that played 860 games, 274 goals, 346 assists for 620 points in the National Hockey League. Played for the Rangers, the Kings, the Penguins, uh, and the Wings. But I love, we're not going to talk about him and his great stories because he's got so many. We really want to get into him about the New York Rangers because he does a uh, an incredible podcast called Up in the Blue Seats. So let's bring him on, your one and only, Ron Duguay. Hey there, Goots. You're on air. I see that in the background. Hey, listen, I know you're a little, you're just a little bit dark, which is okay because I can't see the hair on your chest on that beautiful picture behind you. Do you still have a body like that? Um, well, I, um, I, because I still like playing, you know that I still like playing. I still like playing a lot of hockey ex exhibitions. So I, I stay fit. 
Um, so I cycle a lot, go to the beach, I play tennis. So it's important for me to continue looking like an athlete and um, and to be to be able to compete and play hockey at the age of 64, there's things you have to do. So yeah, I, I feel good. I like to think that I look good. And uh, oh, by the way, I'm single. <laughs> if I was that way, you know where I'd be. But listen, I want to talk to you a little bit about Ron Duguay really quickly about your career. Obviously, playing both in uh, Los Angeles and New York, two of arguably the, the greatest sports cities in the world outside of maybe Toronto and Winnipeg. Um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the transformation from going, obviously, to the West Coast, the East Coast. Now I know you're down in Florida. And, of course, you do this tremendous prod, uh, podcast for the Rangers. Talk to us. Give us a little bit of a uh, 101 on Ron Duguay. Well, I've had the pleasure of living in different locations. You know, it started for me, it started in New York, um, probably the most exciting city in the world, playing at Madison Square Garden. And I go there from Sudbury, Ontario. So if you can just imagine the um, um, the change you have to make and the you have to adapt with all the distractions. But I, uh, as a young 20-year-old, I felt very comfortable with it. I could have... Um, I could have gotten drafted. I could have left as an underage, leaving New York, or leaving for you know the NHL or possibly the WHA as an 18-year-old. So I'm glad I stayed that extra year. So what I'm trying to say, by the time I was ready, by the time I went to New York as a 20-year-old, I was really ready. I didn't know really to expect, but um, uh, me personally, I it brings the best out of me. More people watching, the louder it is, the more I enjoy it. So I went from New York. And then I had an opportunity to play in L.A., so from Broadway to Hollywood. Now, by the time I got to L.A., I, you know, married a couple of kids, so um, <laughs> my mindset was a little bit different, but now I'm playing with Wayne, Wayne Gretzky. But it's um, there's a different feel of playing hockey in the wintertime where it's wintertime. You're dealing with cold and the snow, the elements, versus you go to California. Now you're <clears> in January, February, and you're in your shorts, and you show up to practice and you feel like you're on a holiday and you're playing hockey. So you're doing what you love to do in a nice climate. And so I ended up retiring there, living there, um, raised a family there. And then from the West Coast, I ended up now on the East Coast. So which is kind of <laughs> similar. The thing is, the bottom line is this. I didn't want, I love visiting Canada. I love going up north. But as far as my day-to-day -day living, I prefer to be here because it's, it's there's, there's a different feel to it. I yeah. just feel like wintertime, it's hibernation time. You feel suppressed. And so I don't like to feel that way. I like to be alive. I like to go to the beach. I like to have fun. And so that's my life now. And that's my short version. Now, there's a lot of things that happen in between. Oh, yeah. Married twice, five kids, raised five kids. I have four grandkids, another on the way. So there's a lot of things that have happened. But I'm still standing here. I'm happy. I'm healthy. And things are good, and I'm talking to you. Hey, and you forgot, of course, share. All right, let's move on. Uh, what's really cool about it is here, fantastic era, Ron Duguay and Barry Beck. And there's another, Barry uh, Shelley comes on our show all the time. He's a big fan. I know you're a big fan of Rink of Dreams. Gooch, ask him about his new roommate. Is that legal? Can we can put up the disclaimer? Yeah. You, oh, so what I did, if you're following me on Instagram, which is Ron Duguay, and uh, which I just send you something, by the way, on, I just texted uh, that's, you. That's coming we'll up. Yeah, we'll talk that's about that. After this. There it is. 
There you go. And Stick so you're, talking, you're talking Leafs, Rangers tonight. Um, but, yeah, I have a new roommate. So uh, going back to um, my youth days, there's music that I preferred. One of them was Elvis Presley. Love, love Elvis. Yeah. And for some of us, we could remember where we were, what day it was, and what we were doing when we heard the death of Elvis Presley. For me, it was the summer of 77. I was in my car. I was downtown Subway, and the news came on. I'll never forget that day because I was a big fan. So anyways, someone gave me a, a gift uh, of uh, a life lifestyle, life-size Elvis Presley. So now it's in one of my rooms, my pool room, and I, I had a guitar. <laughs> which I don't play. I just pretend I do late at night if I have a guest. So um, do I. <laughs> and so I took the guitar, put it in there near Elvis. Oh, whoa, 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 time out. If you have a guest? Yeah. <laughs> leave it there. Go back, go back four minutes ago when I said I'm <laughs> Who knew? Hey, this is a sports show. Not, I'm not a psychotherapist, for God's sakes. Yeah. Well, one leads to the other. You know, you're an athlete, you're still, you're in the entertainment business, and there's a lot going on in the entertainment business. You meet a lot of people, a lot of things are going on, you do business as an athlete, so um, we'll leave it at that. Hey, listen, uh, Barry Shelley says this, and I agree 100%. Ron is the best. Thanks for all you do. Hey, listen, uh, obviously you sent us that picture. I, I was working the crowd here with the Jordan. He's the producer. He does an amazing job making me look good. I'm in a hotel room here just by the airport. They gave me a day room because I was just in Whistler. We'll talk about that in a second. And then you sent me this picture. Tell me you're, you can't be a Leafs fan. Don't tell me you're a Leafs fan. Well, here's the thing. So that that picture is uh, north of Sudbury. I grew up in the small community north of Sudbury. God. And growing up playing hockey, um, everyone was a Montreal Canadian fan. Everyone. And for me, that was too easy. Montreal were winning all the Stanley Cups. And I kind of liked the underdog. And so I was rooting for the Leafs against the grain, against everyone, against my dad, my grandfather, everyone. I was a Maple Leaf fan, and I was going to want them to want to win, right? Yeah. And um, the reason I wear number 10, the reason I chose number 10 as a junior in the NHL, the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs back then was who? George Wait. Armstrong. George yeah. Armstrong. There we go. George Armstrong. So George Armstrong was the captain. I liked him. I ended up playing against his nephew. Uh, nephew was? Come on. He played in the yeah. NHL. Yeah, First uh, Red Wing. Uh, uh, that guy. Dale McCourt. I did not know that. I apologize. Yeah. So Dale McCourt, they're related. So I played against Dale and, you know, playing uh, local hockey and then junior hockey and all that. Great player. So Thanks. anyway, that's where I were, number 10. Uh, but I am a Leaf fan. And so, and I ended up going to training camp one year at the end of my career and uh, Leafs training camp. And I didn't make the team. I was like 34, 35. I was still healthy, but I didn't make the team. So that would have been a dream come true for me to be able to play for the Leafs. I like Montreal, but I was more a Leaf fan. Well, I'll tell you what. How did that picture that we saw go to this, the picture we see now? It's incredible. Hey, listen, let's talk about your Rangers. I know that you're a Leafs fan, but you have to wear, obviously, your uh, Rangers hat right now. You do a show called Up in the Up in the Blue Seats. Um, the Rangers look good. Uh, obviously, Jordan is a big, huge Rangers fan, uh, and I am full, fully on 
with Adam Fox. He told me about him last year. Obviously, we saw him win the Vesna, but Jordan kept selling me on this kid, selling me on this kid. And then I watched him, and he was behind the opponent's net more than his own net. And yet when he was behind the opponent's net, he'd be back on the blue line before anybody was leaving the zone. I love that type of defenseman. Talk to us about him and the impact he's had for the Rangers. Well, uh, Norris Trophy winner, what more can you say? Um, when I first when I first watched this kid, I started to see uh, uh, signs of him kind of looking like Brian Leach. And I started mentioning Brian Leach. And there's a lot of fans say, whoa, whoa, Ron, wait a minute. Brian Leach? Really? Superstar Brian Leach? Hall of Fame? I'm, I'm telling you, I'm seeing stuff in his game, the way he managed the puck, his instinct, his hockey IQ, and uh, his calmness and how he uses his size because he's just a little guy in the ice. Defends really well. And the way he manages the puck, he'll hold on to it, make that extra move. The passing. He's capable of scoring his instincts on when to move, when not to move. I started to see all this, all these things, and sure enough, he wins the Norris. Now everyone say, well, Ron, you are right. Could he win another one? Yeah, I think he's Absolutely. on the right now of winning another one. The other thing about him, very likable guy. Very likable. He's quiet, uh, leads by example. Uh, he's not a chippy guy, but he will stand up for himself. But his, his demeanor, I really like his calmness and his character. Well, we right now are supposed to be at the bottom line. It is jammed, packed there. We have our, obviously, our Molson seat, best seats of the house at the bottom line. That's where our studio is. I just got a text from uh, our friend Wayne Kelly, who you know very well, saying, hey, Ronnie's looking great, but the Molson Canadian uh, organization has taken over our studio for tonight. So thank God I'm here in, in Vancouver. Uh, obviously, we're talking about uh, Adam Fox, the impact he's had for the New York Rangers. Uh, but I want to go to Lafreniere. Talk to us a little bit about that. Are, are we kind of worried about him? Is he fitting in where you think, you know what, give him another couple of weeks, give him another couple of months, give him another year, and he will turn out to the player? Because we all thought he would have the impact that Adam Fox has with the Rangers right now. Not even close. Not even close. Um, let me just say this. When I look at other players that the Rangers could have drafted, uh, I think it was just a weak year. Weak year for the top four guys. None of them are real superstars. Even with Lafaniere, he had a great junior career. But when you make that jump from junior hockey playing against kids to playing against men, there's a big difference there. And uh, I didn't see it in him. Um, let me just – let's talk about the positives. He's got good instincts with his hands. He can shoot the puck. He passes well. He knows his good hockey IQ – but he doesn't have the foot speed. Foot speed is really important. When you're having to break out of the pack and make some moves, get to the puck a little bit quicker, he doesn't have that. Now, I noticed from last year, this year, he appears to be a little bit quicker. Um, so it, it remains to be seen. Now, it, if they don't manage him correctly and they don't find a way to get him on the top two lines with the top six guys, which he's, he's kind of in and out, if they don't give him enough time, I think that – he will become just an average player. Uh, but he's capable with the right sentiment, with the right line mates. If you set him up, he's capable of scoring goals. The other thing about him is compete level. Uh, he's competing a little hard right now, uh, harder because of Gerard Gallant. Gerard Gallant doesn't care who you are. 
whether you're 19 or if you're 35, you play a certain way. You play hard. You finish your checks. You push and shove. You defend your players. And if you have to get in a fight occasionally, you do that. I didn't see any of that in him last year. In fact, he looked very scared, shied away, any scrum. He would walk away. And when I noticed that, I'm like, oh, when it comes down to playoff hockey, that's not your go-to guy. No. So he's soft. In fact, he's very soft. So I think he's, and I think Gerard Gallant is the right guy for him. So I think he's going to have to um, get in situations where he um, he pisses somebody off, get in a fight, feels what it's like, and just kind of stand up for yourself a little bit more, get engaged a little bit more, be more noticeable because just scoring 15 goals, maybe 20, ain't going to cut it. You're going to be oh. in the top two lines. Because if you end up following as a first round overall, falling in that third, fourth line, and that's who you are, now that's all you are. Right now, that's all I see him as. Well, I'll tell you what, a uh, lot of pressure, Ron, as you know, in a first-round draft pick. And you know what? If you get off on a bad bad start, it's difficult because the pressure, you just keep thinking and thinking and thinking. Look at Austin Matthews started off rather poorly. Okay, different scenario. But this year, and all of a sudden, I watched the game. I was there for a live game, and he was throwing his body around. He was getting involved. And now look at it. He's turned his yeah. season around. And and listen, the other thing, the other yep, thing, the other thing is, is that Matthews is explosive. He's an explosive guy, right? He can turn it up, turn it on when he needs to, and he's got the length. So that's where Lafreniere does not – he's not explosive. He's a pretty good skater, but not expo- explosive. Yeah. You know what I, I want to go to before we talk about goaltenders and I'm going to bring my producer up because he's Mr. Goalie. I want to talk to you about obviously the team, uh, obviously goals per game, 2.75 for the Rangers, 2.71. So obviously that's really tight goals against 2.81 uh, for the Rangers, 2.47. Obviously, uh, Jordan will talk to you about Campbell and, and obviously the goaltenders for New York Rangers. Here's a big difference. Power play percentage, 20% only for the Rangers, 25% for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Last year, they were dismal. They weren't getting it done on the power play. That's changed. But here's the big stat. If if the New York Rangers uh, uh, allow the Toronto Maple Leafs to have power plays, their penalty killing percentage is only 79% versus the Toronto Maple Leaf at 87.5. Now, I know you're probably going to say it like everybody. It's early. Calm it down. But there's a trend here. The Maple Leafs last year struggled in those departments. This year, they're on the way up. Very, very important. Can you tell us what you feel is going right or wrong for the Rangers specialty teams? Well, I think we're starting to see a difference now in Panarin. Panarin has a tendency to want to make the pass, a great pass, which he's capable of doing, versus shooting. He's the guy that can score goals. He's the guy who's got the big shot. So all of a sudden now we're seeing him shoot a little bit more. The other thing is is Kreider. Kreider's been good. He's been getting power play goals from deflections, but he needs to be in front of the net, not only deflecting, but taking the goaltender's eyes away. And that's why I always see – this is the failure on a lot of the power plays. They don't see the importance of a big guy, a big body in front of the goaltender and and screening the goaltender, old-fashioned way, right? Then once you do that, you can shoot from anywhere. But the, but I think that for the Rangers, a little too much 
looking for that set play because that's what happens. You get into practice, you get all these set plays, and you look for the set play versus just have a feel for how when the puck comes to you, if you know that Cry's in front of someone's in front of that, just shoot. So Panarin yeah. shoot a little bit more. Fox could be shooting a little bit more. Get shots on net. And that's what Gerard Gallant's been talking about. Shots on net. Not just five on five, but the power play. So I think in a lot of it is good bounces, bad bounces, right? Sometimes yeah. it just comes in cycles, right? You could be yeah. playing the way you want to play, and it, it's hitting bodies. It's getting deflected. But other times they just manage to go in. I think that they're they're gonna they have the skill and talent to get better, and I think they're gonna get better, just like Toronto did. Hey, we are so excited to have Ron Duguay, Mr. Hollywood. Can I call you that, Mr. Hollywood? Uh, you are not only a great hockey player, great ambassador, but you're an entertainer. Even now when we played in some celebrity games, you just entertain the crowd, and that's that's so important. Listen, before we go into the goaltending situation, I did want to bring up Barry Shelley's comment because I know that you love the fact that some of these underdogs are coming up. Uh, it's got here, Ron. Um, how do you feel about uh, Maple Leafs adding Michael Bunting? He seems to fit right in. Now, Michael Bunting is having one of those years coming from Scarborough. He's just looking like he fits in. Is there anybody on the New York Rangers that seemed to be that type of guy where you didn't expect much of him, but they're rising to the occasion where we're seeing Lafreniere kind of maybe going down in stock. This young guy for the Maple Leafs is rising in stock. Well, I, the one player that I've been hoping for, because I, I, I see some good stuff in him, uh, that where he's a former first-round pick, Julian Gauthier. Julian's a big-body guy. He's a great skater. Uh, he's gone to that. He's been going to that a little bit more. Finally, he broke through the last game, and he scored a goal. Uh, he can be a big asset for the, for, for the New York Rangers, a top, maybe not a top six, but a, a good player on that sixth line. Uh, he, if, if, um, and to me, he's kind of an underdog. You're talking about someone, you're bringing him up. You're not sure what you're going to get. He's the guy that I think like tonight, watch for him to have a good game because he played really well last game. As long as he gets quality ice time, everyone else, I would say it's expected like Kako. It's expected. He, yes. He's getting better, right? Lapanier, it's expected. There's no, I wouldn't say there's really any surprise. Um, uh, Miller is another play, uh, uh, Keandre Miller, right? Big guy on defense, great skater. He's been good. He can be better. But the one guy that I'm rooting for that I think that uh, uh, if he can just keep uh, just playing hard, finish your checkout on that, that's Julian Gauthier. Watch for him tonight. All right, listen, just before we bring Jordan up and talk goaltenders, uh, his father is in Thailand. He runs an airport or owns an airport or something like that, silly. Uh, he's sending this out to us. Is Kako another Lafreniere, or do you see him differently? Um, I, I think I'm seeing, I, I'm seeing Kako compete a little harder when he goes in the corner. I saw that early. He's a guy that's also a little timid, and I think that's why there's been this big turnover with management and coaching with the Rangers. The players that were coming in were uh, skill guys, but to me, not real character guys, right? Because when you're building a team, especially with young players, uh, top picks, you got to think not just regular season. You got to think, can we win the Stanley Cup with these guys? When you look at teams that won the Stanley Cup and the type of players that grind and they're in your face and they get angry. Those are the type of guys you want. You can't just have skilled guys. So Kako's a, um, a top pick. Um, you know, he's, uh, he's, he's getting bigger, stronger. Uh, he's played better. Competes hard in the corners. 
He'll push back a little bit, but I, I prefer him over Lafreniere. All right. Listen, let's get into the goaltenders. We will bring up the Gooch Live goaltending expert, the producer of the show, Jordan LaRoche. Hey, Gooch. Hey, Ron. Hi. Jared. Je I'm having Jared, a I, 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 I wasn't expecting from this, but I mean, sorry? I'm happy hour right now. I'm having coconut water. <laughs> I thought that was a beer there for a second, but... Uh, I really want to kind of dive into kind of the Shesterkin and uh, kind of Georgiev situation right now. I mean, obviously Shesterkin's playing at an incredible pace, um, stealing games for the Rangers left, right, and center. But on the other hand, Georgiev's kind of really struggled this year. He started that first game as Washington, kind of got lit up a little bit, and he hasn't kind of found his stride yet this year. What's your kind of take on kind of Georgiev's development right now? Oh, <laughs> I, I got to be careful. I uh, he had a bad year last year. The year his first year he was a good backup to Lundqvist. Last year he struggled, and then this year when they put him in for the old home opener, I'm like I, I just my head about exploded. I are you kidding me? Home opener in Washington going to play Georgiev? His two games previous to that exhibition, uh, I think yeah, I think his last two games he had scored they were scored nine goals against him, and so. I describe him as a good minor league goaltender. NHL, at best, at best, he's an average goaltender as a backup in the NHL. So I don't care for his technique. Mentally, I see him a little bit weak. Don't mean to pick on the guy. He seems like a real likable guy. But every time the Rangers put him in, I'm like, what are they thinking? They keep thinking we need to rest Sisterkin. Yeah, but you're trying to make the playoffs. I mean, they've gotten away with playing them in close games where they've teams had to come back, get a tie out of it. They lost one or two. They've gotten away with it. His last game, though, I think uh, – which game was it? They went into overtime, and they played yeah. really well in the overtime, actually. Made some big saves, and they ended up winning in overtime. But it shouldn't have never gotten overtime. There was three goals that scored on them a week, and I'm, I'm blank on the game. Um, but he's – not a New Jersey? Uh, was it New Jersey? Yeah, it might have been New Jersey. Yeah, you're right. And so he's at best an average backup goaltender, and they're taking a chance every time they put him in there. They feel like they can't play Shesterkin most of the games, which that I don't get. I would love to have a good conversation with Marty Berdour, Billy Smith, all these guys that were ready to play every single game. Unless they're hurt, why can't they play? Let's yeah. look. Let's look at a defenseman on any team, top four, who's maybe playing 25 to 30 minutes, hard minutes, right? Hard minutes against big guys, power play, penalty kill. What's is that? Is that easier than a goaltender? It's harder than a goaltender. Why is it a defenseman can do it every game and a goaltender can't? I don't get that. Unless you tell me as a goaltender, mentally, it's too much to handle. Physically, why wouldn't you be able to play every single game if you're 100? percent Yeah, I mean, just kind of looking looking back at it's uh, my own career. I mean, we, I used to start three games in a row on a, on a weekend, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I mean, it wasn't that bad. But you know, you kind of take it to the NHL where there's a lot of added pressure, a lot of uh, the, the pucks moving a little faster, uh, bigger bodies in front of the net. I mean, I I, I, I don't totally agree with what uh, Gallant's done with uh, balancing the the workload. But I mean, at a certain point, 
uh, you, you do need to get your backup some reps and kind of get them rolling a little bit. But why can't you just play your starter every single game? That's 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 a good point. <laughs> Again, I, I go back to my point. If if a top, let's say Fox, he's a little guy, he's getting yes. hit, playing hard minutes. Why is it? Why is it that he can play all those hard minutes and doesn't have to take a day off? Why does the goaltender, which is, I don't think he's working as hard, unless you're telling me, mentally, mentally it's harder, and he needs the mental break. Physically, it's not harder. There's no way it's physically harder. Being a goaltender is not physically harder than a top defenseman on every team in the NHL. It's not physically harder. No, uh, I, 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 you are, you are right there, and I, I, I don't, again, like I said, I don't totally agree with them, but uh, just Durkin on the other hand, he's just been having a, a ridiculous year. I mean, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of overlooked him when he kind of came into the league, and then I, I think it was his first game. He beat, he made forty saves against Colorado. Um, and I mean, right, right from then I was kind of all over, all over him. And what, what have you kind of seen from just And can he kind of grow to kind of be, you know, fairly speaking, the next King of New York? Yeah. Well, that's, everyone's referring to him as, well, not the King, but the next best thing to the King and, and going back to and when you, when I mentioned the King, you're talking about Lundqvist. Lundqvist, I think would have liked to have played every game. I know that about him. I, I know he hated sitting on the bench. He didn't want to take days off. So he could have and probably would have played every game unless the goal to, the coach pulls him because he's looking like he's not a, up to his A game. But I think it, it's a mindset. And Lundqvist, um, when Lundqvist was asked the other day about uh, his thoughts on him, he said it, it's his character and his attitude. He's very relaxed, very confident. When you look at his track record on where he's played, his junior hockey in KHL, he was one of the top goaltenders. So this is nothing new. They were expecting this. Even when he played in the American Hockey League, he was really good. So they were all expecting this. It's just it didn't happen quick enough because all of a sudden he was given the reins when luck was left. It was him and Georgiev, and they both kind of struggled. So, But now he's feeling a lot more comfortable. And a lot of it is it's just having that confidence, you know, and having the support in front of you. you got to have the right defenseman to eliminate these – easy chances, you know, let him make all the basic stuff and he'll occasionally make some great save, but his positioning, he moves really well, looks very calm. I think he's 6'2", so he covers a lot of net. He's not a big guy, but he's still, I think he's 6'2", covers a lot of net and just a calmness to him. He's willing to play the puck. He manages the puck. When a goaltender wants to manage the puck, you can tell that a he's not afraid of doing it. Other guys like, oh no, I don't, this is hot potato. Let me just get rid of it. <laughs> it's a grenade. Yeah, but other guys like Marty Bordeaux love him, right? They had to change the rules because of him. Those are guys who are confident, right? They want to be yeah. part of the game, right? They're like another defenseman out there, and he's kind of like that. Hey, listen, I, I'm going to throw I'm going to throw my two cents in. You know, we're talking about goaltenders, right? So uh, let's bring back the old Johnny Bauer, like that guy at 43. He played every single game, and then won a Stanley Cup. Uh, John uh, from Thailand again is piping in. If a defenseman goes down, you've got a bunch of other D men. But if a goalie goes down, you're only having one of them. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I'm up the same mindset for you, Ron. I think if a goaltender's hot, I think maybe you should spell them off one or two. Why can't they play back-to-backs? I, I'm just absolutely lost at it. You're paying 
big dollars for these guys, and they're fit athletes. It's not like in the old days where Johnny Bauer would play himself to get in shape, you know, through training camp. These guys are, you, well, Jordan, you know that even where you played. You guys are constantly getting fit. You're you're mentally getting, uh, If I think you said it, Ronnie, is it mental? They've got all types of mental coaches, skating coaches, all types of, I can't even figure, eating coaches. And so I think it's, it's a matter of maybe they want to protect them save them for the playoffs but other than that I, I, there's no reason for them not to play well here's the thing saving them what if you don't make the playoffs because you gave them 10 games off you gave them 10 games off and you're short two points to make the playoffs that That's is true. my point that is my point if you want to rest them towards the end of the season rest them toward the season if you think you're in the playoffs but you're taking a chance and here's the other thing if there's a fall off between your starter and your backup and if it's like this if you have two guys who are equal, then it's fine. Right. Then you're in good shape. You got two guys who are equal. They're pushing each other. And to, you know, to whenever they play, that, that's that could be a good thing. But when you have this, Georgiev and Shesterkin, I'm telling you, I go every game with Shesterkin unless he comes to me. I would have a conversation with him. I would say, listen, if you feel like you need a night off for whatever reason, you come to me. Otherwise, you're playing every single game. And back up, be ready. Play hard in practice. Uh, in fact, I may send you down to the minors and get a few games in. I don't know what I would do. Be ready. Play hard. And if you go in, that's it. Jordan, final point on the goaltenders? I mean, I, I, I was just Durgan's my early early lock for the early dark horse. Sorry, for the uh, Vezina. So, granted, it's only, what, 15, 16 games in. But wait, wait a minute. Never be high too early. Have you seen Markham in, in Calgary? Yeah, okay. Yeah, fair, fair. He's, oh, I mean, he's having an incredible year as well. <laughs> yeah, but he, and he's, what, 6'6"? Six, six? You can't yeah, see the yeah. And if Calgary keeps playing the way they're playing, they're one of the top teams in the NHL, right? And they keep winning. And I like Markham is like – it's like a, you got two – you got Gretzky Lemieux, right? They're both superstars, legendary do you take if you have a choice between one of the two? Do you take the smaller guy? Or you take the bigger guy? Gretzky, Gretzky all all day long. Gretzky. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Are you doing business with Gretz or no? I, I know there's a you know it. You played against both of them. Yeah, you know it's I, it's a personal thing. I never played. I know you played with both of them, but you played against them, so you see a whole other player when you play against the player. I, I, I it's money's in the bank with Gretzky. Yeah. Oh, listen. It, it's the two of them. I I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to make that choice. Well, you can't because you know both of them personally. I yeah. only know Gretzky, so I'm saying Gretzky. Well, yeah. so tell me about that. About the uh, hoodie you're wearing. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Obviously, uh, this is called the World Hockey Association. It's the 50th anniversary press conference with Peter Young and, of course, Greg Bowden. They put this all together. Greg's father is Norm Bowden, the original Winnipeg Jet. He signed before Bobby Hall signed in Winnipeg, and they've asked me to be a part of it. I know we're going to be getting you up there in Whistler. You know, you know how crazy that town is. I was just there for the press conference, October 2022. They will host the 50th anniversary 
anniversary. In 1972 is when it started. And in October, they're going to bring all the alumni back to have a big, huge get-together reunion. Uh, and I'm so excited. I never played in the National Hockey League. I never got to the World Hockey uh, Association. But Peter Young and Greg Bowden have put uh, the power in me to come out and be a part of it. I'm so excited. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, you never played in the WHA, but you have some history. Well, my history is I got drafted in WHA in 1977 in the first round, fourth fourth overall in the first round. And guess where? Can you uh, imagine, can you imagine what my life my life would have been if I had chosen Winnipeg, Cleveland? Winnipeg. Uh, did, you were going to get drafted to the Winnipeg Jets? I did. No, and you didn't take it. I, did, I don't know. I, I mean, this is like Sudbury, right? I figure I'll go to Winnipeg, be like Sudbury. Yeah, perfect. Well, here's the you, thing. You already New had York, the snow boots and the toque. New York, Winnipeg. Oh, my God. Ronnie, you were number one until that statement. You're going yeah. down quickly. Could you imagine the AFCO Cup? We probably would have. I think they won four or five. I'm not sure. We would have won seven with you there. Yeah. Okay, here's a trivia question for you. In, in 1972, it's the 50th anniversary of something else in Canada, hockey-wise. It is going to be, and I'm going to be a part of it. I'm going to get Ronnie Ellis and hopefully Paul Henderson. We're going to do some stuff together. It is Team Canada 72, the Summit Series. You got it. You're paying attention. <laughs> where were you in 72? You knew where that was. Well, hey, listen, I was in Subra. I was so impressed by Phil Esposito and the team and how he led that team. So I'm going to be involved also, just so you know. I'm going to be yeah. part of some of the celebrations. All right, so we're going to talk off camera. A couple of days, we're going to talk all about that. Listen, I just want to warn everybody, on December the... This man will be in town. He will be at the new Bottom Line studio. Obviously, Molson Canadian, best seats in the house at the Bottom Line. I will have my host... Ron Duguay sitting beside me to the right, and we will put on a show. Ladies and gentlemen, especially the ladies, make sure you book your tickets now for the Ron Duguay, the Duguay show. We won't call it Gooch Live. We'll call it Duguay Live at the bottom line for that particular night. All right. I look forward to. Listen, the game's about to start. I got to go. I got to go, too. All right. All right. Hang on. Prediction before you shut off. I think it's a 3-3 game, goes into overtime. And the Rangers have the better goaltender. Ooh. Who scores it? Uh, who scores it? Who scores the winner? The winner. The, I'm going to say Strom. Okay, I'm going 4-3 the other way, and I say Matthews lights it up again. Hat yeah. trick. Yeah, that's easy. See you later. <laughs> Go to Duguay. Up in the blue seats. All right, buddy. Hey, what a great show. My goodness. Uh, I know that I picked 4-3 uh, Toronto. Jordan's just going to pop up really quickly. He's going to tell us what his prediction is. I'm going to go 3-1 for the Rangers uh, with, with an empty net goal. Are you crazy? What? All right. Who scores the winner? Who scores the second goal? Uh, I'll go three games in a row for Capococco. Um, we got the game winner. And I'll go, you know, because Ron Duguay said him, Julian Gauthier for the empty net goal. Hey, how great was that to have Ronnie pop up and, and to find out that he was uh, 
drafted in the WHA yeah, uh, by the Winnipeg Jets. That is just <laughs> unbelievable. All right. Jordan, great show. Thank you. I will see you tomorrow. I do the red eye tonight, and I'm really looking forward to a great day. And, of course, uh, tomorrow night, uh, the Gooch Live at 6 p.m. And don't forget, Saturday will be down at the bottom line. There is another home game, and we are just having a blast with Gooch Live. Thanks, bud. All right. Hey, let's wrap it up. Gooch Live right here in Vancouver. I just got in from Whistler. There's a foot of snow for the WHA 50th anniversary. It was a great day. I want to thank the Longhorn Saloon and Grill. Did a great job. And of course, Delta Hotel, Peter Young and Greg uh, Bowden. All right, guys, the game is on. The Toronto Maple Leafs versus the New York Rangers. I said 4-3. Those other two guys have no clue. And I will see you tomorrow. This has been brought to you by those good people at the Hockey News, Sports Illustrated, and you saw Marty Roberts from Fired Up Network. Good night. You've been listening to Gooch Live with your host, Carrie Goulet, better known as The Gooch, brought to you by the Hockey News and Sports Illustrated. 